0: Hey everyone, it's Christy and Charlie here from CS2. And on your episode of Four Thinking Today, we're covering another marketing ops debate, which is is the W shaped <laughs> attribution model any good? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> um, attribution is such a big topic. You'll see it everywhere on LinkedIn and um, in the ops world, Mansion world, it is top of mind for everyone. Um, but there's a lot of things that go into attribution, different types of attribution, what data goes into it, what tools you use, so much. Um, it's a big one. It's, yeah, it's a big one. So, But one that has gathered steam is a W-shaped model and... Um,
1: or any, I like to call them lumpy attribution models. Lumpy. Should I define that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Can you so it?
1: any uh, model that weights touch points differently across all of the touch points related to that opportunity. So W shape um, traditionally would give 30% to first touch, 30% to the touch that happens just before the opportunity is created, and mm-hmm. 30% to the touch that created the first lead. Um, so the the e- those three touch points get 30%, and the rest of the touch points get the rest. Whereas you know you can have a linear model where all the touch points get a, a proportion equally distributed, um, and yeah, there's lots of other kind of in quotations lumpy models as well, mm-hmm. and you can make your custom model as well, which usually ends up lumpy.
0: <laughs> True, yeah. So um, Charlie went to LinkedIn um, with a post and talking about why he thought, or why you you know why you thought W shape attribution models were just unreliable and 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 maybe leading people the wrong way so do you want to talk about what your gripe with w shape attribution models yeah, and are? we can
1: share the screen here um so people can see and um if you're not watching and you're listening, I'll do my best to explain there's not you know you can go to LinkedIn as well if you search for the hashtag marketing ops debates I'm using that I've put down a few posts there now um basically um bringing up a topic that people have an opinion, like a lot of people have strong opinions on and then giving my thought and then seeing what everyone else and i've really enjoyed it actually because i feel like i'm learning a lot from the comments and that's why we want to um you know bring up the comments you know i think we talked about this on one of the last podcasts but there's so many different ways that you can do things Mm -hmm. in marketing operations it can be very overwhelming um but it also means that a lot of other people might have some really good ideas on things and help like really like craft your opinion on things. And I think as a marketing ops person, you have to develop your, you know, your point of view and be open to other point of views, but be able to, you know, understand everything enough to have a strong opinion so you can really drive that home in your company if you have to. Um, but obviously, being open to, to other people's opinions is is c- critical too and learning from people all right so, so what's up with for yeah. w shape yeah yeah so i used to love the kind of like the last video with mqls i used to love this w shape model um i used to think that oh of course yeah you, you know the these major milestones in the journey of you know your buyer um you know the first touch on your website you know the first time they filled out a form mm-hmm. the, the touch that just before the opportunity was created yeah for sure they should get a higher weight of the opportunity value um in your model compared to all of the in-between touch points Mm -hmm. um i used to think that made a lot of sense but um you know having you know implemented a fair few attribution tools in my time now and and really thinking about this over the last several years um and really digging into the data with Mm -hmm. our clients you come to realize that life is just a little bit too well a lot too complicated mm-hmm. for a model like that to really give you reality because it's 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 giving a higher proportion just based on the order of touch points right and i think the order of touch points is pretty no, you know it doesn't mean anything really yeah. like and I mean- there's
0: more than one person that can be put into that order so if you have a few different contacts that order goes out the window because there can be, you know, different touch points from different people along the way that then might be fighting for the attribution.
1: Yeah. And I, and in my example, actually, I said, you can see here, why did that ebook download by that company's intern get 30% of a $1 million up? Whereas the executive dinner with the CMO got like 0.1%, right? Like it's not waiting based on what happened. It's just waiting based on this arbitrary order of touch points based on the date time so by my so so when you dig into this what happens is you start looking at what is given the lion's share mm-hmm. and it i i used to think it's going to be right more often than not mm-hmm. now i'm starting to believe that it's wrong more often than not because especially if you start bringing in like sales touch points into your attribution model um and you have kind of like regular marketing touch points at a certain time because, you know, you might have a demo and then after that demo, there's always like a, you know, they get into an email nurture, right? Like, yeah,
0: your nurture is always going to be going on. And
1: and then the opportunity is created. Yeah. So if you have kind of this order where there's 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 a certain type of touch point that's always going to get mm-hmm. um, the, that extra attribution weight, then I think it just, it really um it really just makes you not trust the model yeah so then as i've been digging into the data not even just more, you
0: it makes all well, the campaign yeah all the campaign managers not trust the model and that then then no one's going to use that data
1: 100 percent. so that that that's where i was going to go so next so yeah what you as marketing operations right like you really understand the data and you're you start not trusting it and i think that's i've had a lot of those conversations with my clients like you know they're VP of marketing or CMOs like we've got to do attribution and the marketing operations person puts it in and we start digging into things and we start just like getting this weird feeling like okay when we look at the data high level it looks good Mm -hmm. looks great like we can kind of see how things are working but like as soon as you layer on that w-shaped model and then you start digging into that you start to think okay well this touch point doesn't look right like why did that touch point get this and you start you start getting into the nitty-gritty it really you lose confidence and then all it takes for you know you start to they ship out these reports to people and they they dig into them or you start trying to explain. Um, it always happens actually when there's like a big opportunity
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's won, and then your you know, your CMO or VP of marketing is like, we should look at this opportunity and see yeah. all of the touch points, and then you dig into it because they want you want to like create a nice visual to show like how much marketing you know, moves that opportunity forward and then you realize then they see like oh wait why did that touch point get the and then it opens up the tacana worms you know it opens Mm -hmm. up way too many conversations um and you're all arguing over the weight of touch points um so my my so get it to kind of like to summarize my my opinion then is has has reverted back to trying to keep things simple yeah um the simpler you can go, you can still do multi-touch attribution, but maybe just with a linear model where everything's equally weighted. Um, you could even um, just look at just the total amount, you know, of pipeline mm-hmm. influenced by that program um, and not even, you know, divvy up the opportunity value across. That's another way, you know, not perfect as it comes with that, but yeah. but yeah, trying to keep it simple is is the, the route that I usually go down these days. Um, and then, if you really want to do W shape, it can be part of the story. Like you can have multiple reports; you don't have to only use one. But living and dying by that one, I mm-hmm. find that it's a, it's a difficult journey to go down.
0: Okay, so I think it would be cool to kind of dig into some of the comments here and 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 see you know what you have to say. Um,
1: Should we try that the first one by Josh?
0: Yeah, so Josh Hill um from Rings, Ring Ring Central's very easy to enter, downward spiral. Driven by lack of trust, many people quite naturally will nitpick the data to support their agenda because they're fearful of looking bad, not getting credit, not getting resources. Then the model becomes broken because of lack of trust, not because it's actually broken. Then the CMO demands a new model or tool. It doesn't get there quickly enough and then everyone is in trouble. This is why leadership really matters in setting the tone of conversation and trust in the data.
1: That's a good comment. That, Very uh, that's, good. That is so true. And what he's really getting at there I think without like, putting words in his mouth, is um, when you use a model like this to compare like teams, right? Yeah. Like, and it's okay to compare campaigns and channels, even though they they do have teams, but when you're like, okay, I wanna compare the demand gen team versus the field marketing team, maybe even you're including sales touch points, that gets like so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like it, it creates a lot of drama when you add sales touch points in and then you compare the teams. Um yeah then what happens when you the massive event that you put on that cost a million dollars right after that event there's like an email campaign that goes out by your demand gen team mm-hmm. that gets all of the like, and then say maybe like 20 opportunities are created mm-hmm. after that event but 30% of all of those opportunities go to the email campaign just because it went out just after the event and then all the ops were, were created right totally that's so it, it <laughs> That, what's going to happen between the the the, the demand gen <laughs> team and the film marketing team, that's going to create conflict, right?
0: Totally. And I, I, I've experienced that a lot. Um, I've been in Josh's place and especially at teams where you do have a lot of budget that goes into those different teams. And I was actually just, just to quickly put it there, but I just thought of thinking of another great analogy was like, you know, for you're talking about with your linear model, putting a point for each thing. And I think kind of like a basketball game and counting your points. And then for and then you talk about sales activities, how that can really muddy the waters. And I think we always look at points to win the game, right? And that's like your marketing activities. But there are other things that we then measure that help us got there, like rebounds, assists, blocks, you know, things like that. Like those those are kind of your sales activities. If you try putting weight on like an assist or something or like a rebound, that's gonna make things look weird. That's not what actually then got you to win the game. Like another team who lost the game could have got more. So it's really focusing on like kind of those key marketing activities and know that sales is just a piece that helps you get there. Those are the things that help you either get those points or just to win the game, you know, so, um, hard to then muddy this, um, attribution model with all those touch points. Well,
1: especially, um, I had a client a few years back and they were trying to use visible attribution to, um, and a lot of companies have this thing where they want to say you know 60 percent of ops come from sales and 40 percent come from marketing mm-hmm. whatever the percentages might be but that's 40 that's, 40, that's kind of like 20s a, or yeah like 40 40 20 like yeah. 40 40 marketing yeah, 40, 40, 40 sales, sales 20, 20 partner, partner. Mm-hmm. so um and then they want to say okay so visible you know let's put that in that's gonna divide up all our opportunities and see if that is reality because obviously they're all everyone all of those teams are touching all ops probably mm-hmm. most ops maybe partner might not be in all of them but they're probably touching a lot of the ops so, so then that so we need to divvy up that opportunity, each opportunity by some way across marketing sales mm-hmm. so for this situation the problem was um so when they added sales touch points in the sales is always qualifying yeah like the a you know an inbound from marketing so the question was, should we include that sales touch point in the model or not? Because if we did, it's always, always going to get, get the credit. 30%. What
0: happens right before an opportunity gets created? Right. There's a demo. call.
1: <laughs> um, and sales wanted to include it. Marketing didn't want them to include it. Because it's just like a transactional, like, yeah. you know, qualification. What And it's not like they were doing outbound prospecting. So mm-hmm. straight away, it created conflict. Um, and uh that whole situation didn't really end very well at the end and and we didn't actually end up using visible but it, it was a lot of cycles to get there um yeah anyway, should we move on to does that so josh's point there was great yeah anyone
0: else um let's see what about this one another analogy i generally struggle with all of these attribution models this is mm-hmm. samantha sabeli um as my colleague alex krawczyk says when do when do we use the rear view mirror to drive forward feels like everything is is an opportunity to make assumptions off other assumptions
1: yeah so i think um there's nothing i i get what she's trying to say for sure there's nothing in my opinion there's nothing wrong with looking at his past data to help drive future like decision making now to Mm. impact the future um so I think you you sometimes do need to look back to be able to figure out how you're going to look forward yeah but you can't be too too crazy about it the the assumptions on the assumptions on the assumptions is is very very critical though because when it comes down to when it comes down to reporting analytics and trying to figure out um trying to understand you know what you're going to invest in what you're forecasting mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, you are making assumptions on assumptions on assumptions on assumptions. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure so- sure your assumptions are correct. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um the the I, I'm gonna butcher this now, but the quote um by Scott Taylor, uh bad data, you know, making decisions on bad making good decisions on bad data is just you're just making a bad decision that you don't know about yet, mm-hmm. right? And the date that, and in, we're in that, there's data and assumptions. Like if your assumptions are bad in, in your modeling, then you're not gonna be able to make, you're, you're kidding yourself, and the the the, the quality of your decision-making is gonna be impacted.
0: Yeah, just another side note, Latini Conant from Sixth Sense, um, she said, keep it simple. Totally agree. agree.
1: Yep, look like a few people agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's that one up there? yeah this is kind of what we're saying right the w-shaped stuff even completely configurable multi-touch is so convoluted that it just makes things worse not better in my opinion better to get simple attribution up first touch for example um and just help identify high value touch points yeah i mean definitely don't skip that and go into full multi-touch right Mm -hmm. like if you haven't got that down yet just simple first touch Mm
0: -hmm.
1: maybe start there like a lot of people jump over the simple stuff and go to the extra complicated stuff and you have to be ready.
0: Totally. Let's see. Any final ones? Yeah, I think I think what one of the comments is saying here is vendors who force touches into greater value like W models fail to take into account the intern versus CMO phenomenon. So oh, yeah, you cool. can't really take into account the person as much like you said and then
1: yeah i've got a few more here i remember these now so this one by justin up here
0: yeah so justin Uh, bartels he said engageo was doing some neat stuff with engagement minute attribution each touch point was weighted by the amount of time the prospects spent engaging exec dinner might be 90 minutes where as an ebook might take five minutes op amounts were distributed based on the minute allotment for the touch point
1: yeah so that's what i was saying um you know midway through where w shape is just looking at um touch points based on order whereas mm-hmm. this is looking at touch point based on you know you're, you're trying to understand kind of value based on time
0: or weight like yeah, yeah. you're
1: waiting based on but you're trying to understand like, how valuable was that touch point and but you're using a a a way a a metric that you can easily get yeah which is time like how long were Mm -hmm. they ingesting this touch point (laughs) with lack of a better term can you ingest a touch point (laughs) um but yeah so if yeah if you're at a 90 minute thing there's obviously going to be some nuances there but that that is a step forward in my opinion compared to waiting on just order for sure totally and then uh i like this this by matt fleming Um, there's an
0: inverse and inverse ratio between how much math you invent to explain attribution and the value insight you actually gain from it
1: right more complicated equals less (laughs) less insight and i think that's true i mean it you especially when you're trying to communicate it with the cmo or some people who aren't really you know used to a lot of data then it's too complicated you need to find a way to make it easier
0: yeah, I think the complexity, but then also, I think the whole kind of moral for this too is like keeping things simple. Also think about yourself. You know, it, it you, there needs to be something where you can easily figure out the data. You can dig into it a bit easier. If things are just convoluted and complex, I feel like you're always going to be kind of chasing this goal that you're probably never going to get to. And it's going to take up a lot of your time than taking you away from the things that really are. priority so um yeah like the
1: the hard part is because the argument is that b2b marketing is so complex you have to level up your complexity with your you know your data and reporting and analytics to be able to match it so your decisions are right um and that's the hard part because there's probably a lot of truth to that
0: yeah there is but i think that you do need to find kind of a a a compromise to that and something that's going to make sense for the business totally
1: yeah. So Ian Shields here, any attribution model is only as good as the quality of data and the ease at which you gain actionable insights. Now I, yeah, completely agree. I mean, the, mm. it's all about like, why do you need data, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and why do you need analysts to be able to make decisions, mm-hmm. to get insight into what's working and what's not working to make decisions. And if you're spending your whole time complaining about and discussing with the team, like if these touch points are right or not, and if they should have been weighted that way you're not you're spending that time not making decisions Totally. so so that i think that's a really articulate way of explaining um of explaining just kind of just the what the point of reporting is
0: yeah yep totally um so yeah i think all i mean there's one more comment i wanted to call out there's this one about
1: machine learning models because there was a few people that mentioned machine learning and um my yeah that is the one up there by slay and i think someone else mentioned it yeah Um, so that that's where maybe i'm not smart enough to (laughs) to get into machine learning yet but i think the the issue for me is when stuff is in a black box Mm -hmm. you see it a lot with predictive models um that you know you put in some you put in an input goes into the black box it gives you an output and you just have to believe it right like Mm -hmm. so if your machine learning model is saying these touch points should be weighted higher than these and there's no there's no there's no way that whatever tool that you're using that is developed or whatever you know whoever's developed this machine learning model is able to show you Mm -hmm. why then I think as a human, it's very hard to trust it. Yeah, or um,
0: I think it just not there yet. I think machine learning might be the future, but to your point, I think you need, that machine then needs to compute and tell you how it made, got to where and it, it and It's
1: like a communication issue there, right? Cause yeah. it's like, yes, you wanna just trust the machine, but again, with all of this stuff, you're gonna dig into the data and yes, then you might see that, um, you know, X touch point was weighted higher than Y touch point, mm-hmm. and then you think that's you as a human can really understand like what probably was mm-hmm. something that pushed someone towards wanting to buy more, mm-hmm. and and maybe you disagree with the machine. And as soon as you, as soon as I think this is a a human trait. As soon as you you find one problem, right? You extrapolate that and you think well there's probably more problems like this mm-hmm. so now how can i trust yeah any of this right so that so that's where that's where i mean I, maybe it's the future maybe it's not i'm not sure but the um the i think it's i think it's going to be difficult to convince people unless unless you every time you look into it is 100 percent right you know yeah yeah, human beings are really complicated, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and our marketing activities are very complicated. So I I just don't know how anything can really tell what pushed someone towards an art more, and actually we haven't even touched upon the fact that there's probably a lot that we're not even able to track that yeah push them towards that's actually the what i was going
0: about to go to and i <laughs> like think like the this, big elephant in the yeah room. the big elephant in the room and we've talked about before is on top of this we have things that you can't measure there's implied attribution and i think more and more it's becoming clear that also what these models might drive you to do is to also not invest into things that are just like not able to be tracked in that way but can actually really create pipeline, improve pipeline total, uh, like lower your total cost of acquisition and really focusing on the brand. So like with any data, like we need to figure out that there are different sources than what you could just get out of these models. And it's making the best decisions that we have with the data that we have. Also knowing there might be cases where you need to, look into different areas, imply attribution, or even like get data from your marketing or your sales team. Like they are talking to their prospects, what better way than to ask them on each call, you know, what was the thing that really got you interested in our product? And with tools like Gong um, or course or any of those like call tracking tools, oh my gosh you can now operationalize some of that data mm-hmm. and that's just another data source that you can then get into your decision making that you're not going to see on this attribution model
1: yeah 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 we talked about that in one of the newsletters um like the things to do before investing in complicated attribution mm-hmm. so um you know go i think we've got a blog on our website about that if you want to look at there's like five steps to go through before yeah investing in more complicated attribution so check that out um and yeah no i think it's uh there's a lot to this topic and we'll be talking about it more but I think we probably need to cut it there right
0: yeah we'll wrap it up so yep. um, yeah let's keep the debate going um, just search for hashtag marketing ops debates and look for more Charlie's posts um, and let's hear your feedback and if you have any um, more feedback feel free to um, comment and you also, if you like this episode and you want to keep your debate going with some of your colleagues, share it with them. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see you next time on Forward Thinking.
1: This is Charlie. So if you liked what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we would really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward It Up.